content warning. The following podcast contains material that involves self-harm, mental illness, eating disorders, profanity, and other graphic contents. Hey there, everybody. My name's Jess. I'm a senior in the Hutchins program at Sonoma State, and I am currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, my name is Sarah. I am a senior in Hutchins as well, and I'm currently living in Santa Cruz, California. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm a senior at Sonoma State Hutchins program. You can tell it's Um, <laughs> And I'm currently in Sonoma, California. Um, we wanted to start off our podcast by talking about mental health and more specifically starting out with kind of our personal um, stories and backgrounds surrounding mental health. Um, so I'll just dive in. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> I was someone who personally struggles with anxiety and was diagnosed in uh, probably early high school. Um, I started out with physical symptoms before anything else almost. Uh, I had really bad stomach ulcers and a lot of problems surrounding my digestive system um, that would spike not from specific foods, but more so from, like, stuff going on at home with, like, stressors. Um, so that's kind of where my whole journey started. Super fun. Um, it's predisposed to my family. My Most of my family has, like, severe anxiety, depression, addiction problems, stuff like that. Um, but mine was kind of different than everyone's from showing with eating. Um, I struggled for a long time with being able to just eat, like, regular foods. I had to cut a lot of stuff out of my diet and deal with all that. I was never – I struggled with weight until more recently. Um, but, yeah, that's my main kind of situation. I have obviously trauma throughout the years. I kind of spiked things, uh, sexual assault, trauma, uh, abandonment issues, things like that that just kind of add to it. But – Ultimately, I struggle mainly with anxiety with depressive spurts, is what they're called. So, a few weeks here and there, I'm just kind of down in the dust. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For a short while. you love to hear it. It's great. Um, <laughs> but I also got lucky because I have a more high-functioning version of anxiety, so it kind of pushes me more with school. Most people don't know that I have it because I'm a straight-A student. Uh, was an athlete, did theater, uh, did a lot of extracurriculars. I've always worked. I worked full time, um, all that good stuff. But now I'm starting therapy for the first time this year, and we're trying to tackle it. And I've had a lot of problems with my weight a lot more recently when it goes into that step, so I've been struggling to gain weight. I lost about 15 pounds out of nowhere. Uh, so... That's kind of where I'm at, at least my mental health, and just a quick synopsis on the journey. Wow, that is so much to deal with all at once, especially, I mean, high school is never easy. <laughs> it's not a yeah. fun time in general, but my God, with all that on top of it. Yeah, a lot of my trauma took spikes in high school. Um, like, it was all predominant. Uh, they all came to light, and then once I was actually diagnosed is when I started to get involved with uh, 
programs at my school that dealt with mental health because I was like, I was struggling. I was suicidal, suicidal thoughts. Um, I wasn't super big with self-harm. I did it for a bit and then had some bad, like I did it and one of my friends, one of the few times that I actually did self-harm, my friend found out and she, instead of being supportive, uh, slapped me. Oh, when I was like in the face? No, my cup was. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, so no. that kind of real quick, I was like, well, on a good note, it stopped me from doing it. But <laughs> holy fuck, that's yeah. not how you handle that. Not at all. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like, I got no words. Oh my, I am so sorry. talking about this because people don't know how to handle it. now 
I did the thing that I think a lot of people do, which is when things get particularly bad, they isolate themselves. So whenever I would have a panic attack or whenever I was in a particularly dark place, I would kind of just seclude myself a bit until I was able to talk to people again. So my family had never seen me have a panic attack or seen how bad things could get. So in this last fall, I had abdominal surgery um, as part of <laughs> actually the repercussion of the ovarian cysts from high school. So for about a week, I was not able to sit up or walk on my own. And one night, I was like, I could tell I was going to have a panic attack. So I had to have my mom like pretty much carry me outside so I could get some fresh air. And that was the first time that I saw her see me <laughs> have a panic attack. And it was pretty soon after that we started talking like, okay, this isn't normal. This isn't good. <laughs> like, let's talk about medication. So I got lucky and actually found the right medication on the first try, like, which the doctor even told me I should expect at least five attempts before I get a right one. Like, that was the warning you get when you start medication. <laughs> you expect to try five. And I got one, and it worked. And I didn't realize until about three days onto the pill that I had been having suicidal thoughts because they weren't there anymore, <laughs> which was kind of the craziest thing I never expected to, like, the doctor asked when I got the pills, like, do you have suicidal thoughts? Like, is that something that comes with your depression? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Like, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm fine. I just have low phases. And then suddenly I realized that there weren't voices there anymore. <laughs> it kind of hit me like, shit, that could have been really bad because I had normalized them in my own head. And so... That's the angle I'm coming at now. I am in a definitely not fully healthy. <laughs> I'm aware of my current state, and I still have low phases. I still have days of anxiety, but at least I'm coming at it with more clarity now. Working on it. Working, yeah. on, working on it. Working on it. Working through it. Oh, God, yeah. working on it one day at a time, you know. <laughs> I think you brought up a good point, though, about, like, family and other people seeing it because the pandemic has definitely brought that out for a lot of people I feel like as well yeah I feel like that's such an issue like it can go either way like there are a lot of people who are fully isolated right now who have maybe people normally held them accountable and were like paying attention to it but because they don't see them these people are like dealing with it more on their own or the other way which mm -hmm. is we're with family and friends like in our house now and they're seeing, like, a different side of you that maybe you'd kept to yourself. And, yeah, it could easily go either way. It's definitely yeah. a weird year for mental health. Definitely bringing it all to the surface. For sure. All right. So um, I am going to go ahead and discuss a little bit of what I've gone through. So for me... I always thought, like, well, first off, I didn't even really understand mental health or, like, come to really know it as an issue until really until college. Like, because it, it's just it was not something that was discussed where I'm from or, like, it wasn't something I just knew that people had issues and they dealt with them in certain ways. But I didn't really understand, like, the whole concept of it. So totally. for me in middle school, like. I had a really good friend who had an eating disorder and I mean, I watched her and I was like, I just, 
I watched her and I guess I thought I was maybe supporting her in a way, but really I didn't want to be like the odd man out and I didn't want to be looked down upon for not um, like for telling on her or not understanding what she was going through. Um, And I really had a big problem before with people pleasing in general. Um, That's a big one. So yeah, like I've always been really susceptible to just fall into whatever's around me because I want everyone to like me. And like now I'm in a really great place where I'm like, I'm actually super amazing. And if you don't like me, like that's your own problem. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm dope. Yeah. Um, but then like in middle school and high school, it was like such an issue. And I, I was, I really just wanted everyone to like me. Um, so, you know, like she would throw up in the bathroom in middle school and I would watch the door and I would attempt to do it as well, which it was, I'm pretty sure, honestly, thinking back on it, like I was never successful, but I even probably lied and said that it was just to make it seem like I was part of. Yeah, you were in it with her. Yeah. Like, you were both doing that, so you were... So that we could have yeah. that, like, deep connection of something, uh-huh. even though the something that we would have the deep connection on is super fucked up. Seriously. And uh, if you're not having that, like, discussed with you by someone else, and that's just your experience, like, how are you supposed to know that that's not just, like, a solidarity thing you have with her? Yeah, it 100%. I thought it was just, like, this thing in our friendship. Like, it wasn't anything else. Especially when mental health isn't talked about much, let alone how mental health affects the people that are important to you and those around you, because it affects every relationship that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So it makes sense that it would affect you and kind of drag you in if it's not really blatantly talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving into, like, the high school era, um, I got this group of friends, a new group of friends, and they were all very – they were, like – I mean, if you looked at them on the outside, they're, like, kind of like the cool girls, you know, like, they're popular, people know them, like, um, but behind closed doors, and, like, when they were just hanging out by themselves, they were very dark, very, but I don't know, it seemed, it was during a time when kind of depression, and we put everything on Tumblr, and, you know, like, it was, it was almost cool to be dark, and, have this other side to you, um, rather Everyone than... Everyone wanted to be, like, the girl who is, like, different. Yeah. Not like the other girls. Like, you have dark secrets you don't talk about. Totally. And, but, like, these people had legitimately, like, dark things going on, and I really didn't. But I, again, just fell into it because I was like, well, this is what people are doing. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, either, like, at this age or with this group. Like, this is how I'm going to fit in. And like those girls were self harming, and it was, but it was really the whole group of them. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is like normal. This is this is what I'm supposed to do. Not realizing for a while, like a long time, that I was like, this is not, <laughs> this is not it. This is like, and it's it's not helping anything. If anything, it was giving me more. If anything, it was giving me issues that I didn't have already. Yeah, seriously. I mean, being constantly surrounded by that when you were when you were in a mindset where you wanted to associate like wanted to people please like that mm. that would be so damaging yeah <laughs> especially to the susceptible high school mind i mean my god <laughs> yeah in an era where everything like that is trendy and you totally. want to be some mysterious you know almost like bad 
bad girl, mm-hmm. bad boy situation. Kind of like being a rebel, but it's like not really a rebel because every, <laughs> almost everyone at the time was on this trend. It's yeah, like, it's like self-destruction was the new fad when we were in high school. Yeah. Which, oh, God. Like, like, like being it. happy just wasn't enough. No, no, no. You, if you were happy, you were just, like, not aware of your issues. Like, yeah. You weren't oh, thinking God. about it enough. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm sorry. Mental health or mental illness is, like, it's not super cute. Like, right. you know, but it as a whole is not super <laughs> desirable. I love that. Cute people have it. <laughs> but that's the truth. So many people, it seemed like, based their personalities around this damaged mentality and mm-hmm. only the parts that were, like, like the, the not grungy, that's not the right word, <laughs> the, like, attractive aspects of it were what were popularized and, like, idolized almost for us in high school. And then all of the darker um, things that caused it weren't really talked about, I feel like. I mean... I feel like we were saying it totally varies group to group and family to family. Like, I was lucky enough to live, I mean, I mean I'm from Santa Cruz. This is a hippie community. What do you expect? <laughs> we talk about that kind of stuff a lot. But even then, like, my family personally, um, while my dad is bipolar and has, like, those kind of mental health issues, I was the only one in my family who experienced panic attacks and depression like that. So even then, it's like... The discussion on it can only go so far, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got kind of those hands dealt to me. Like, I got my mom, who had uh, depression, anxiety, and PTSD, um, and who was very open and honest with us about it. She was medicated um, and is medicated for it. uh, And hers was caused more by traumatic events. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Our family has a huge history of it, so my great-grandma had it the same way I do, where it's more constant and it's more genetic and, mm-hmm. yeah, chemical. Um, and then events just kind of exacerbated a little bit. But then at my dad's, he, up until literally this week when we had a huge blowout, didn't even <laughs> generalize anxiety disorder <laughs> Um, Which, oh my gosh, I still can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, you would never, I never thought that of him growing up. And then he finally was just like, it's not real. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're like, okay. Take a step back, up. man. You are validating my life experiences. <laughs> like, where we had a pause. Um, I think my suicidal thoughts would tell you differently. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, dissociation. I don't know if you know the oh. word, but she's oh. real. I swear. <laughs> Bro, I will never get over that one time. I dissociated so hard while making hard-boiled eggs. They were the perfect hard-boiled eggs, and I could not tell you how long I cooked them for. Could have been three minutes. Could have been two hours. And I will never forgive myself for not knowing how to make the perfect hard-boiled eggs because my dissociated ass did it for me. I know my roommates probably hate me because I always get dissociated in the shower. And I kind of enjoy it. I kind of, it's kind of like my me time where I'm just like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to be gone for like a hot minute. And then I'm just going to stand under the water and enjoy myself. But then I get out and I'm like, our water bill is so hot. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> Like, well, you know, I'm trying to stop. What I've done is I've started playing music. So I'm like, oh, it's been this many songs. I cue it up. And I'm like, oh, I hit this song. I'm aware again, and I hit this song. That's my song. We're good. It's time to step out. We are at about three repetitions of three-minute songs. So it's like, we're getting there. We're doing good. I'm like, hey, I washed my body. I washed. I'm clean. (laughs) I just got someone out for a minute. 
Okay, going off of what you said, though, about your two different experiences with your mom and your dad, I felt like that is such a thing that's not talked about, the difference between, like, circumstantial situational depression and mental health versus chemical and balanced mm-hmm. mental health, because I feel like even in the most, like, educational beneficial settings in college or high school, which, let's be real, there aren't many, but even when there are, those are grouped together a lot of the time where it's just like you have depression or you have anxiety, but the treatments are not really discussed in their separate, like in, in the separate ways where they'd be most beneficial. Like, don't get me wrong. I am all for therapy. I think therapy is fucking fantastic. I think it's a great idea, but like talking to someone for an hour isn't going to fix my serotonin levels necessarily if my brain's just not physically producing them. So I feel like those kind of differences and knowing them for yourself can be so beneficial because mm-hmm. like I'm totally open to all treatments of mental health. Like I have no judgments about it, but somehow even for myself, I was really hesitant to get medicated at all just because of the stigma around it and like the, Oh, like, what if I ever try to get off of it and things get worse? Like, what, like, what about all the side effects? What if things get worse before they get better? What are, like, all of those things. Like, I had all those thoughts in my head that I feel like have just been perpetuated by society because it's, like, only people who are, like, really sick get medicated or, like, go to therapy, that kind of stuff. And, like, if I'm not the absolute worst I could be, maybe I shouldn't do it. And I was like, okay, you know what, bullshit. Let's just talk to someone. And... After getting on it, I'm like, okay, I don't understand why this is so stigmatized because I take 10 tiny milligrams of Lexapro every morning, and it's like a tiny little pill that just makes me have control of my life again. Like, why is that such a bad thing? Mm-hmm. I'm, I totally get the stigmatism with medication. My mom, who is medicated and who is a psychologist, doesn't want me on medication yet because she doesn't want me to – That's we think that's like last resort. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I smoke weed and that takes my stuff away. I guess it's pretty <laughs> similarly. Just blows my brain down. I don't have rushing thoughts. Um, but yeah, no, going the way that you treat it, like therapy has helped me a lot with my trauma. Absolutely, um, yeah. Working through my trauma and things that I've dealt with in that regard. But does it help with my like constant just brain overload? No, it, it doesn't. It, it's not helpful exactly. for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, that's Um, one thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. I just wanted to bring up one thing about the medication. And, I mean, I 100%, I am all for, like, certain things are right for certain people. And you know that for yourself. And, like, one thing is not right for the general community of people. But my sister is super against um, medications. And she's really into plant medicine. And so just playing her double devil's advocate here, um, her thing is that in Western medicine, in our society's medicine, that things aren't meant to heal you, yes. that they're yes. meant to, like... They help I, fix, like, the, the, like, side effects of mental Yeah, like, to get, a grip, to get a grip on it, like for the time that you're taking it, but they don't heal your things. See, and I think that's such an important thing, too, the discussion of Western versus all other kinds of medicine. (laughs) Everything else. And it's so conflicting for me, even, because, like, I am, I mean, like, 
I'm for like, you know, get your vaccines, do all the good stuff. But I think there needs to be a balance between the two. Like, I think you can totally like I am all for taking natural herbs and remedies. Like I take tinctures whenever I'm sick. Like I'll do all those things. And any kind of herbal healing. I mean, my mom's like a Reiki and energy work healer. Like I was like that I am so all for. So even thinking about going to like the big pharma medication stuff, that was part of the stigma for mm-hmm. me personally, because it's like the stigma from society. And then I feel like in the, like the um, herbal healing and like spiritual healing community, there's even more stigma around it Definitely. for like a whole different way. And I feel like it's totally valid too. That's the thing. I totally can see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way to say it's right or wrong. Yeah. And I feel like that's an important discussion to have like with yourself. Even, cause yeah. I've, I'm one of those people who's like kind of everything in moderation or just whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Cause I in no way would preach that like medication is good for everyone. It'll fix all your problems. Cause fuck no. Like I don't even know if it will be good for me forever. <laughs> like it's just, Mm-hmm. You do what's best for you at the time. Like, I had a friend who struggled severely with anxiety and depression as well. And she got on medication, and, like, she did not, unfortunately, have the success that I had finding it on the first time. And she tried it for a while, and it worked okay. But then she decided instead to go to essential oil and crystal kind of healing methods. And she's thriving. She's doing better than she ever has. And it's, mm-hmm. like, totally... It's a very individualistic practice, which I think is something that also should be totally validated. Just like, you know, it works for you. It works for you. Yeah. Even like those, like the holistic approaches aren't taught too much. I feel like it's usually yeah. the first thought right. is like uh, a therapy, medication. And then I feel like people consider yoga being going to <laughs> spiritual which definitely not going to fix all your problems, but it is good for your health. Um, I mean, it's good for, like, stretching, but yeah. definitely isn't going to, like, fix your chemical imbalances. No. My friend, though, just started. She actually told me I, she wants to take me with her next time she goes. Um, she does just regular therapy like I do um, with a licensed psychologist, but then she does uh, spiritual therapy, and she goes to, like, this uh, herbal shop. And it's all spiritual, and she said, honestly, doing the two together helps her a lot because she gets mm-hmm. those, like, the tools, like, breathing techniques and how to set boundaries yeah. and things like that from her therapist. But then she goes to the spiritual therapist and gets a whole nother set of, like, tools in her belt and, like, all these other things that really benefit her in a spiritual way. And I feel like that's important. Like, you need to take care of yourself on all fronts, not just, like – you know, yoga's not going to fix everything. You know, shopping's not going to fix everything. Weed isn't going to fix everything. got to find, like, a good balance for you of what you kind of need and are looking for. Yeah, Absolutely. be able to integrate it all. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think a lot of it is trial and error and having access to those resources or even knowing that those resources are out there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all of us are seniors in college talking about this now, talking about, like, how we're still figuring it out. Like, we're still kind of just finding the things that we're like we're taking the steps towards healing and these are some of the first ones we're taking in that way and I think that it's really important that's kind of why this topic is so important to me is to address the fact that if I had started this earlier in high school or had the information 
I think I could have started this journey much earlier. <laughs> it could have been yeah. so much more beneficial to me during my harder years in college. I was just about to say, I feel like, too, especially you, Jess, like hearing your story, I feel like that alone can really mess with the way that you see mental health and the world around you and, like, you know, almost feeling like you have to fit in in that way. That does its own detriment that, like, you kind of have to work through and realize, like, I know I'm going to assume you probably didn't just, like, right away be like, oh, this isn't normal. Like, it takes time to yeah, totally. process everything. And so I feel like it's better processing it obviously earlier and getting to it either before or during the roots of the problems, especially while hormones are all crazy and you're in high oh. school. Mm-hmm. Everyone's bodies are all weird, <laughs> let's be honest. High school is a shit show, even if you're 100%. the most neurotypical person ever. <laughs> like, you have amazing mental health. High school is just like middle school is probably the grossest, let's be oh, honest. Middle <laughs> high school, we don't talk about it. We're still teetering yeah. in high school, so I feel like it's, that's when it should be addressed. And my mental health was addressed in high school through elective, like an elective program that we'll talk about later, but um, that really saved me. Like, I, I full-heartedly, there's a, someone in that class, his name is Zachary Swisher. We've talked about it a lot. I've done literal, like, assemblies where it's me in front of 600 kids talking about the Holy he saved my life. Like, wow. if I'd been for his peer counseling and, like, help, like, I would not be alive today. There's no way that I would be here. He mm-hmm. saved my life and brought me into the program, and I was able to do the same for others. But that's a very unique and limited experience, and I know that. Like, yeah. I know I was lucky to have that. So that's why I find it so important. It's, it's needed. Like, I firsthand yeah. needed that, and I've seen all the kids come through that needed it. And then I saw all the kids that didn't get to come through and kids that I know personally that passed away in high school from things like suicide or drug mm-hmm. overdose because of their mental illnesses and yeah. things like that. So it's, it, we need to address it. It needs to be addressed younger than once you're in the depths and kind of tossed into the dark of adulthood where it's kind of all on you. Absolutely. And I think one of the important first steps is making the conversation about mental health. Okay. Like destigmatizing just talking about it because sometimes more often than not if you have someone you're comfortable talking with even then it can be almost stereotyped like you're asking for attention by bringing this stuff up yeah or like either you're asking for attention you're being needy or you might not have someone you feel comfortable talking with and finding a group or even just a person that you can open up to can be so daunting and I don't know about you but for me personally when I am in my lowest spaces I am sometimes physically incapable of reaching out to people. Like, I cannot pick up the phone and send a message because it takes too much energy that I don't have. So I think starting that discussion, starting that conversation, like you were saying, at a younger age, making it okay to be vulnerable and talk about those things, making that be the new norm is so important and will absolutely save lives because so often when people are struggling, when they're feeling like they are in the darkest parts of their mental health, they feel like they're alone in it because if no one's talking about it, they are going to think they're the only ones who feel like that, which can be so incredibly damaging, especially to young lives. It's daunting, mm-hmm. and it's daunting to hear that people – I remember being told, like, oh, you're you're self-harming just because you want attention. Yes. And what's mm-hmm. the funniest part is in some aspects – 
yeah, you you need attention. Because it's a cry it's, for help. I mean, yes, that's literally what it is. So the fact that we have this whole detrimental, like, oh, you just are doing it for attention. Hell yeah, I'm doing it for attention. I'm struggling. So I'm like, <laughs> You're like, yes, yes. Yeah. somebody asked me about this. He's like, I am doing help. this. Like, like, please, you are right. I'm like, I'm not doing it to be like, oh my god, look at me. I'm doing it because please look at me. <laughs> like, there has to be a shift in that where it's like, maybe trust that the person is asking for help because they know they need it. <laughs> I had a teacher in my high school, my, one of my best friends, cut her wrist open, self-harming, in a, her dance class in the back room, in the changing room, because she was at her lowest point mm-hmm. um, and went out bleeding from her arm. Very clearly, it was very obvious what had happened. And her dance teacher pulled her aside, told her to go to the bathroom and fix her arm up because oh, it wasn't going to distract because she just was looking for attention. And it was horrendous to watch and horrendous to be tried to then support her after that. Like, imagine That's, the backlash after yeah. that's what you told. Like, yeah, no, she is asking for attention. Very clearly, oh. she's asking for it in the most necessary way possible. So. Oh my gosh. And at that point, when you're at that point in your mental health and you are, you are acting out in the best way you know how in the moment to get the attention you need and even then you're ignored, like, mm-hmm. oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is why. <laughs> That's why we need better resources for high school students and younger if possible, but my God, at least in high school. Yeah. And I want to just go back for a minute on something Sarah said. Um, about not having anyone to talk to or and yes. so when I was in high school my parents got divorced and immediately when they started getting divorced like I already was when I was a kid I would already shut down emotionally um if if like one of my sisters brought up something about the way I was acting or something that I could like very easily fix in my behaviors um but hearing it from them like I would just be like fuck off like and just completely <laughs> shut down and like I wouldn't say a word and like it was really bad so when my parents were getting divorced my dad immediately was like I think you should go to therapy but because of the stigma around therapy and because I didn't want because none of my friends that I knew of went to therapy nobody I knew yeah. was doing it so I was like no absolutely not and if you bring me to therapy I'm going to sit there and I'm not going to say a word I legitimately, he took me to my first therapy session and I literally sat there for a whole hour and I was like, I told my dad I wasn't going to say a word. I'm not saying anything. And I didn't say anything for the whole hour. One literally didn't say a word for the whole hour. And I feel like, honestly, that's probably, that's probably an experience that a lot of kids have at that point because it's like, it's thing that only people do if they're like really struggling and you're like well if no one else I know is doing it like then yeah. I'll be the odd one out and like that's not normal for yeah. me to do that or they don't even know it hasn't even been a thing where like that yeah. kind of communication is like available so then once you have it available what do you do with it like if you've never been taught how to talk to someone and express your feelings and like, it's never been an open conversation. Mm -hmm. The moment someone opens it, you're not just going to immediately jump in and be like, here's all my stuff. Yeah. Especially with a stranger, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, now I'm like random person on the street at the bus stop. Do you want to hear my life problems? (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) that's a work in progress. I mean, you're hearing my stuff. We're going to talk to you all. 
like, hi, name's Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> like, awkward as hell. And I'm like, I know that this person is literally just here to talk to me, but I just wanted to be like, so, how was your day? Tell me about yourself. you're afraid to be reported interesting thing like since my very unsuccessful first time in therapy I have been to therapy successfully and talked to someone about oh, issues yeah. in general I've gotten through a session um, but like, we're always we're always trying to make ourselves seem okay even when we don't have to like this is the time to not this is the time to not be okay and to really discuss it and get it all out like this is what you're paying someone for. And still we're finding ourselves being like, no, no, let me hold this back. Let me, it's, that's so crazy. Like high school is the time in life where you should be the biggest shit show you can be. Just be as, oh, 100%. as messed up as you truly are inside. Not trying to like, be other people, 
but like God, yeah. it's before you have such big like you have things on your plate but it's before you have all the responsibility and you're kind of thrown out into the world on your mm-hmm. own in a different way than you are once you're out of high school like you have at least a steady like stream with school and with say if you do extracurriculars and extracurriculars and you're around the same people every day it's before things kind of start to shift and it's a really weird dynamic where you're like say you're going to school and you're dealing with that and work or say you're just working even and you're in that and you're kind of in a routine that you have to be more grown up than you are like we shouldn't be forcing people in high school to pretend like they're okay and be these like adult figures you know if you need to be like a mess for a minute and a let mm-hmm. it be addressed do it while you're not stressed about say rent and Gosh, yeah. affording groceries and being and like, paying your so phone bill like, yeah. <laughs> and buying oh, yeah, just everything like car insurance see, all these things see yeah. that's the one thing i think right now more than ever i have been focusing on my own mental health like i have tried like therapy and meditation and medication and like all of this stuff because this is the first time i had a chance to catch my breath since high school because now that we're at home in a pandemic and we're actually able to just sit with our thoughts I feel like this is this is the time that I should have taken in high school this is the time like this self-introspection is what should have happened when I was younger and I feel like that discussion with whether it's from the school or somehow just implemented where it's normalized to allow yourself to talk about that and think about that. Mm -hmm. And even, like, when it comes to therapy, like you were saying a minute ago about how we make ourselves seem okay in therapy and how, like, we're obviously not okay if we are in therapy. You know, fuck it. Let's be okay and go to therapy. Like, if you really are okay, Mm -hmm. I still think that everyone should be in therapy. Like, whether you're okay or you're not okay, or even if you're not okay and you think you're okay, whatever, whatever the combination you are at at that point. I think that having that as an asset would be unbelievably beneficial, especially because I think people often kind of misconstrue the belief that you're supposed to have like these big breakthrough moments in therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad has been going to therapy. Like we've talked about it for years because he's had the same therapist pretty much like since I was born. She's kind of just like another fixture of our family. Like we know her and he's like, yeah, you know, some days you're just going to talk about your week and it's just going to be conversation. And it's like, you're not going to heal overnight. You're not going to mm-hmm. build a trusting relationship with this person and get to the point where you are ready to unpack all the deeper stuff in one week. Like you're going to need to take the time to really focus on yourself and your feelings. And I feel like that's something that's not even really it's like allowed in high school because everything is so like you're doing your homework, you're going to classes, you're like, it's just everything has its repetition. You don't really stop to just think and I feel like that could be so useful even if it's like a micro version of therapy even if it's like I'm sure there are people who won't appreciate it because I mean let's be real it's high school not everyone's gonna think no it's not cool to do whatever and they won't want to but it could really be so useful to some people who need it who don't have other resources yeah Normalize therapy. Normalize getting to know yourself. Fuck yes. yes. <laughs> Normalize 
taking care of yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and what learning what you need. Reaching out, like yeah. finding who you are and being like, okay, either my mental illness isn't all that I am or like, okay, you know, this is the world that I live in and this is how I as a human like exist Navigate. in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. This is just me. And something yeah, else. Oh, sorry. Oh, normalize. We're on a normalized rant. That's the title of the podcast now. We're normalizing. Normalize. No, I'm going to know what it's about. No, a quick thing I just wanted to say was also um, something to keep in mind for everyone is like healing is not a linear path. Yes. You know, like you don't you don't get over one thing or think you're over this one issue that happened in your life and then you keep going and building and building and building like things are going to come up from childhood from whatever like you may think you're completely over this breakup but a year from now you might find yourself crying over it and just like oh I just can't stress it like don't just don't punish yourself for going backwards because you're not really going backwards like healing is not a linear path like a circular motion it's like I always like to think of my like journey like finding myself as maybe just like circular you're just circulating mm-hmm. through what's going on in your life and you know it's not like you're really going up or down like you're just kind of working through what's in front of you and the next thing to come and that's all Absolutely. you can do and all you can do is learn from it and maybe next time something happens you'll heal a little differently from your past experiences but like you said healing is not a linear path and also we need to stop glorifying you know how just the grind, working hard all the time. That is such a glorified mentality Mm -hmm. that we need to be constantly moving, constantly doing stuff. And that is so detrimental to mental health. It is, I don't know about you, but I have such a hard time. I'm accepting. We're losing Sarah a little bit here. There we go. Okay, we're back. We're back. Yep, what did you have a hard time accepting? Oh, oh heck yeah. First, first uh, example that we're really in COVID at a distance. <laughs> I don't remember where I was. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yes, you do need to, like, accept where you're at. And with the grind, like you were talking, the first thing I think about is that's all being great into high school. Yeah, is mm-hmm. getting to the next step, getting to the next thing to get the job, to do the thing. And, and be being at the person. highest level of whatever it is. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's really not what high school should be. Like, high school should be the time where you're developing, yes, your your brain and your intellect, but you're developing yourself and you're developing your mm-hmm. skills to work with others, like, to be who you are, to figure out, like, what you actually want in life because most of us don't find that out until way later. But it shouldn't yeah. always just be, like, what you want in life career-wise. It should be what you want Seriously. in general. Like, let's be real. That's the most important thing because that's going to determine what you want as a career and what you want as just a whole. Like, that's what it should be, developing people, developing conscious, aware, like, just good people. Seriously. Yeah, focusing, absolutely. Focusing on figuring out who you are and what you need as an individual in the world, not focusing on how many AP classes are you taking. 
Oh, God. I'm not going to live on my transcripts so that I can go to school so that then I can do this and get this job. Like, goodness. I mean, but that's that's the whole American education system. We don't have time to go into that right now. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just dismantle it. that it benefits at least one person. That's the goal, you know? That's all you can do. So, I think we covered, like, everything that we really wanted to. I think we definitely stressed the importance of it. Like, we, the whole focus of this is mental health and, like, high school. So, I feel like we really knocked off all of our, all of our boxes when it comes to this. <laughs> I think we really did. The main emphasis is just we wanted to highlight our own perspectives, our own experiences to give you a better idea of what angle we're coming at this from individually and giving the emphasis on just that we need to do better for high schoolers. We need to mm-hmm. do better for future generations so they can have a chance at being more mentally healthy. <laughs> yeah, well said. And then as well, like, I think just hearing from three what you would – probably call regular students at university (laughs) like you know just open your mind to what could be going on around you with your friends or your family or people you don't know that you interact with on a daily basis snaps to that and if there's any good send-off that i can give uh take care of yourselves Um, (laughs) love yourself give yourself some extra love and you know Maybe now you're thinking like, okay, I have some ideas on some things I want to do this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do some good self care. Do some yeah. good deep. Give yourself a hug. Stuff. You need it. Yes. <laughs> Just give yourself some love as you exit whatever you're exiting this to go to, or do. <laughs> All right. Signing off, everyone. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>